Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. What's up, everybody? Happy Ooh. hump day. We're going to be hanging out with you for the next couple hours. I smell a little fresher than uh, I have been lately, Blaine. We all do. You just, smell fresher? Yeah, I didn't go to practice. There was no practice this oh, morning. Oh, whoa, whoa, okay. This, yeah, this yeah. afternoon. Yeah, well, well, I mean, I have the, the, the glass here, so I've never smelt you. <laughs> Uh, so I, I wouldn't know that, but yeah, that's what it's for. You know, it, it's always yeah. funny though to hear everybody complain about that. That Vrabel moved the practice to right. the hardest time of the day. Really, like took into consideration your thoughts, media. He did not. Really? Come on, quit crying. <laughs> quit crying. Guess what? The players though they up are like, uh oh. <laughs> like, like the the vets be like, oh, that means we're not playing. Like the starters, they go like, this is our workout today. Right. The mood is to this time means we won't be playing on Friday night. <laughs> you yep. youngsters, you better conserve energy out there. To say you better have a <laughs> you know, something to yeah, block the block mm-hmm. the sun. Stand by, stand behind those big guys like I used to do. They block the sun all day long. I'd be like, hey man, me and Lawan are best friends. As far as him blocking the sign. Oh, yeah, big guys will do that. I, I yeah, know every- big, you know, D-lineman, archery, you know. Yeah, just Bud Dupree's thighs can block a lot of things. No doubt. That's a, that's a big old rascal, man. Ooh. I, it, at some and, point. And Tart, you know, just the name Tart means he's big. Tart's a big rascal. There's, I, I need to, there's a guy out there who's just one of the guys that people wouldn't know well, defensive lineman. I was looking at him on the sideline oh, He's just yesterday. like Jan Johnson. Yes, his name is Anthony Rush. Maybe Ooh. he can rush the passer. Ooh, that sounds, that sounds okay, intimidating. Okay, this dude. What's his number? Third year out of Alabama, Birmingham. He's number 95. Rush. Okay, I, I, I want to put this in perspective. Oh, here he is. Go Blazers. When you, when you, you watch an NFL football game, typically you watch it on TV, and everybody looks about the same size, right? Like yeah. the linemen stand next to each other. The quarterback's usually a taller guy, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". And you just see them stand next to each other. Well, they're all standing next to each other. So if Clyde Edwards Hilaire or somebody standing there, you're like, okay, they're real big or he's real small. That's the only to Dexter McCluster. Okay, that dude's got to be real small. This dude looked big standing on the sidelines with the other D linemen. Did you look at his weight? Uh, see, 361. That's, Three? a, that's, a, that's an odd number, 361. Usually he's like 6'0, 6'5. No, he got the, Don't cheat me out of one weight. pound. Yeah, 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 yeah. 6'4. That's what they list him at from UAB, as you said. He's from, uh, is he from Raleigh, North Carolina? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Six, four, three, sixty one. That's and, a mountain of a man. And I, I don't Ooh. see too great down the field, but I'm like, oh, my gosh, who is that? Oh, well, guess what I would have been saying? That is my shade blocker. 100%. Right there. Well, That's my guy. It. He could walk the shade for two or three people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm concerned. I'm, I'm, I can't let the, the heat just beam on me, man. Yeah. So that's my guy. Mm. So practices, you know, so now a lot of guys are not going to be at practice. <laughs> Got things well, to do, man. Meetings to go to and everything else. But they do need to get it honed down for the dudes who are going to play a lot. Like, they got to know where to go and what to do so they're not yelling for a tight end or somebody to run out there on this particular And it's still play. inevitable. It could happen. Yeah. I mean, I mean you, know, you know, coaches are going to be upset. They go yep. over 50 billion times. But some uh, ding-dong is going to, you know, knucklehead is going to be daydreaming in awe. Oh, man, that's Maddie Ice. Oh, that's about, oh, I'm supposed to be out there. Oh, that guy went down. I didn't know he went down. I didn't know I was supposed to go in, Coach. Too bad you're cut. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like on special teams. <laughs> don't worry about it. We don't need you now. Like special teams, you'll see him out there line up waiting to kick a field goal and the kicker and everybody will start looking to the sidelines. And then some dude just darts out there and, like, shoves himself into his place. You're like, come on, man. Yeah. 
you got caught up in things on the sidelines. Yeah. You're drinking a Gatorade. You were looking in the stands. Yeah. Something else. Yeah, back to you. And here, here's what a lot of players mess up on, especially rookies. And I was there included in this. Is that you're watching the game like you're watching it on TV? Like, oh wow! <laughs> oh dang, he smashed him! Oh my God, man! Did you see that? Hit? Hey man, did you see that hit? Hey man, that boo! He didn't even see him coming, man. That should have been an illegal. That should have been a penalty. You over there having these kind of discussions instead of watching your position, what you need to be doing, who are you subbing for? Watch the game as now you are a player, right? Yeah, and that happened. Oh man, it happened to me probably halfway through the uh, first preseason game. So I, I was like, oh, my. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's talking in our ear, you know, because Nolansville, you know, little leagues have made it to the the World Series, series man. And they're, I guess they're announcing their names now, right now on TV. And they have Vanderbilt. They have the Vandy black with gold pins. Which is interesting uniform. because that's not like Nolansville's colors. <laughs> Yeah, they switched the N with the or the V out for the N. Yes, it, they're they're exact tiny replicas for these yeah. tiny people. So congratulations to them to just even make it this far, man. It's no pretty doubt. cool. Carson yeah. Boer leading off. Yeah, on yeah, ESPN. As, as things okay. happen, we'll keep you. Uh, we got this playing in the studio, so we yeah. we know you guys like to keep up. I know the Goodlettsville teams had some great runs over the last few years. Got to shout them out. Nolansville too. So. Uh, as as things develop, we'll certainly let you know with these guys. But uh, game underway here, so don't worry. We'll be on for the next couple hours. As things happen, with uh, they're playing yeah. a team from Florida, we'll certainly let you know what's going on. Yeah, yeah we needed to know so soon. I mean, we, we, we still have minutes in the segment that he had to interrupt our ear because that kind of like, always blows me away. Hey, guys, there's – hey, man. Yeah, it's a blade. It's, uh, you guys stop talking <laughs> about, about, about your preseason experience. I think they're going to introduce him again tomorrow or their next game. I don't think <laughs> it's a sense of urgency as you thought. I, I, I don't know He's about that. He's excited for him. You know? well, I'm excited for him, too. It's an exciting <laughs> time. But we've got to have our pecking order here. My my Little League team played in Truman, Arkansas in an all-star tournament. We went to Al's Barbecue afterwards. I, I wasn't good enough to be on a Little League team. so I would, One I time. Yeah. One well, time I well, made the I was on the team for two times and then – after the third time, like you strike out too much. Buddy. Well, you told me I'm going up and get my money's worth. I'm gonna swing hard. Oh, I was swinging to ooh, hit home runs. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably just like how I was hitting hitter. people. So it, it just didn't work. The, it just didn't work the same in baseball. <laughs> you have to have a little bit of patience. You were not the, the hit man for baseball. Yeah, he's yeah. just man. I wish I could have been though. Oh man, that would have been fantabulous. Yeah, just like these kids. You know, they didn't have an experience like that as as a youngster uh, to to go to the little league. So it's pretty awesome. To see uh, kids all across the country, let alone here from Tennessee, uh, to continually show that the the youth baseball here is fantabulous. They have some really good talent because it's almost every other year there, Lucas, that we are in contention, whatever part of the state you are from. They always have some good players. So uh, hats off uh, to the development of young uh, baseball players here in uh, Tennessee. No doubt. This state is starting to just produce – Mm-hmm. Unbelievable number of Division One football players has become a baseball hotbed. There's great basketball that's played here. It's a, and I know there are other states where in Texas and Louisiana. And, well, it's a change from where it was. So that's how right. we can compare it to it was it what, what it was when we first got here till today. Oh my god! Not gosh. compared to the other states, so it's it's grown tremendously not only in people but producing athletes, entertainers, actors, doctors, lawyers. We can go down the list. I know they're on TV, and we're always talking about what's on TV, but. You know, everybody's dream is not going to be 
uh, to to make it to the pro sports. Some's going to be to be a big time high shot, uh, you know, lawyer or doctor mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. Could be a principal. And you play college sports in anything? That's a big deal. Oh yeah, I mean you. That's pretty cool. D one, two, three, one yes. double life. That's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. I always. I got to touch all of those, by the way. A lot of people don't know that history. I have played it against every level in college. Because people don't know you're a Ball State guy, but you started at another school. Well, I started at a school that no longer exists. It was yeah. a, a private Catholic school, St. Joseph's in Rissalier, Indiana. Division two program. Mm-hmm. We played Division three program. So I got to play every level. Well, I bet those guys had dirty socks. That's like the level where it's like, get on the bus, here's your sandwich. <laughs> You get one pair of socks at the start of the year. No, at the Division Two at St. Joseph's, you brought your own socks. <laughs> what are you talking about? B Y O S, bring your own socks. Yeah, St. Joseph Pumas is our, our oh, name. I, I like that. Yeah, it was the Pumas. Did yeah. you wear Pumas? No, we did not. Did you have to bring your own shoes? Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh, yeah, I yeah. thought you at least get like one. Hey man, you make these last. Yeah. Because in my days at Arkansas State, my my buddies were like, you got. One shorts, one T-shirt, one sweats that you traveled in or you practiced in when it was cold. They yeah. they were both. One pair of cleats. Hey, man, better take good care of these. Yeah. Ain't another one. You wear them with pride. One of everything. It just shows back, even back then, you know, people were still getting missed as they're still happening today. Oh, I was looking yeah. up Josh Allen. He just got the mega contract. We touched on yesterday for $250 million, 100 and something more guaranteed, right? He had, he went to JUCO, had no college offers there, Lucas. No college offers coming out. He went to JUCO, one offer by Wyoming. Now he's slapping people across the face saying, how you like me now, 250. 250. He will get it all because he's still young. I I would assume he's going to get it all or he's going to get an extension or or something. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's still happening still today. I wonder how that happens. This guy has a big arm. That that you can't miss that. Oh my gosh! His you can miss say, oh, he did, he's not accurate. Well, we can teach accuracy sometimes. Well, he's he's perfected that, and he's a heck of an athlete. He can run around and man, make some plays. So that's that. The story is amazing. Just that alone. One offer, Wyoming. No offers out of high school, and guaranteed he was a stud, just like Lucas. Lucas is. Yes, Lucas was a stud uh, goalie, right? Weren't you a goalie? No. I was not. He's too oh. short to be a goalie. No, what were you? Oh, but, but with his athleticism, can't you see it in his thunderous thighs? He does have thunderous thighs. He's our producer, Lucas. Uh, we got Teresa Walker. She's been to the Olympics. You're going to hear some great stories next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. We've been at training camp. Our buddy Teresa Walker. Oh. She's been at the Olympics. Wow. That's cool. I mean, like, big timer. She's a Hall of Famer. AP reporter Teresa Walker. It never feels like enough to just say Associated Press reporter because she's in, I don't know how many Halls of Fame. It's like the alumni of the year for the Tennessee uh, Vols of all their journalism majors. She just, uh, well, she's she's just our buddy more than anything, though. Teresa, how in the world are you doing? Have you gotten over your jet lag yet? <laughs> No, she has not. Kind of she has spoken. Oh, almost. Can you hear me now? Oh, yes, yes, ma'am. We got you. Yeah. How are you guys doing after that? Uh, I felt like suddenly I was getting a uh, Amber Alert or something over my phone for a second. <laughs> no, I think we uh, 
They were doing one of those EAS tests. Lucas told us in that commercial break oh. they had to run the EAS test. So uh, yeah. everything apparently is okay. It was just a test of the emergency yeah. broadcast system. Yeah. Had so, it been a real emergency, you would have been further instructed, Teresa. <laughs> oh, that's good to know. But uh, I'm glad I stuck on the line. I'm just saying. Us too. Uh, so have you got used to the time chain is what Mickey was yeah. is asking. Are you you've rested up enough yet to feel like you're back to the time or no? Appreciate you coming uh, Blaine, on. Blaine, I'll just say this. No, because uh, my body is kind of thinking that it's 3.20 a.m. on Thursday right now. Oh. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's just confused as all get out at the moment. Well, you stayed over there for, you know, the full Olympiad, so no wonder your body thinks it's that time. So, so here's the deal. We were talking to Lucas, and we said, let's get Teresa Walker this week so we can get Olympic wrap-up. And he said, I saw her tweeting from there. So does she always get to go to the Olympics? And Blaine and I were like, yeah. yeah, I mean, like every time. What's it about your sixth or seventh time? How many times? Yeah. Eighth? This is my sixth one. Sixth, okay. I, I did Rio in 2016, uh, Korea in 2018, uh, London in 2012, Vancouver Winter Olympics 2010, Ooh. and then the Atlanta Olympics in 96. So number six, and we'll find out probably in the next month or so if uh, number seven is on the uh, docket for Beijing in February. So uh, yeah, it, 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 I'll just say this. A lot of fun. Really glad to be home. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Teresa Walker, our buddy, joins us fresh off the coverage of another Olympics and safely back home on Tennessee soil. Well, T, thanks for coming on, especially uh, with the time change and everything else. We appreciate you coming on. Tell us your story, I guess, about those the experience over there with all the I guess COVID, you know, uh, you know that you had to follow, as well as probably protesters and everything else getting, uh, you know, gear. Let's say to bring bring uh, you know, the Blaine and Mickey some some gear back. I'm sure that was tough to do because you couldn't go anywhere, could you? Besides the the actual event, I couldn't. I literally was in quarantine uh, for the first 14 days, and because uh, some paperwork on my COVID negative tests were uh, uh, two boxes weren't checked. I had to spend the night in the Narita airport on my way in, which delayed my getting through quarantine. So uh, I, I wasn't allowed to really walk around until like Friday night uh, this, of this last weekend. So, you know, when I finally did get to go walking on Saturday, guys, I went to a really thrilling place. I went to a mall. Uh, yeah, across the street from the Saitama Super Arena, there was something called Cocoon 1, Cocoon 2, Cocoon 3, and there's just all these huge malls, and I went through 1 and 2 trying to look for a couple things that people had asked me to try to find, but, you know, there just wasn't, didn't see any Tokyo 2020 gear until I made it to the airport on my way out, so, uh, and by that point, I didn't, you know, since I didn't know if I'd have anything, I, I didn't have a long shopping list, let's just say, um, so, you know, I bought a few things. I bought some, you know, three bo tiny bottles of sake. I got a T-shirt uh, from the Olympics that uh, I tried it on this morning. I'm probably going to give it to my son. And then I got one for, a, a, you know, a shirt from my nephew and a little mascot for my niece. Uh, and that was kind of it. You know, it was, uh, it was so weird because even going out it, through the entire three weeks in the hotel, you know, they extended the state of emergency to like four or five other prefectures, counties, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and including the one where we were having basketball played. So restaurants were closing at 8 o'clock, and most nights, almost every night, we weren't done until, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night at the earliest. So, you know, thank goodness for the Lawson Convenience Store. 
And if you've never heard of that, Anthony Bourdain raved about their egg salad sandwich. And, you know, I'll just say this. Thank goodness for that for that convenience store because it was a godsend through those three weeks. I mean, even at the airport, there was only one uh, restaurant that was open at the airport. And thank goodness for the 7-Eleven for, you know, a couple of beverages and, and, and snacks before we got on the plane. Oh, wow, man. What a heck of an experience. Uh, see, uh, I guess I don't know what you actually had to cover, but what was the most impressive performance that you saw or you, you reported on? Uh, and what did you have to actually, you know, cover? Well, I uh, helped uh, assisted covering women's basketball and then pitched in uh, as, you know, here and there on the men, you know, running quotes and oh. such. So, uh, you know, most impressive watching Japan's women hit 19 threes in a game against Nigeria. Um, but, uh, you know, to watch the U.S., the U.S. women had such an inside post presence. Brittany Griner, Asia Wilson, uh, Sylvia Fowles in her last Olympics appearance. And, I mean, and then Brianna Stewart was kind of playing at the four because they were so loaded down in there uh, at center. So, you know, they dominated. One game they scored 72% of their points inside. I mean, it was just a dominant kind of performance you know, old school in a way, you know, just, you know, we've got these bigs and you don't, and we're just going to pound the ball inside. So it, it was uh, kind of fun to watch. And I, but I was there for the uh, gold medal game for the men as well, helping, uh, you know, run quotes for that. So got to, uh, you know, talk to Drew Holiday after the game. Uh, guys, think about his three, three and a half weeks. He wins the NBA finals with the Bucks, catches a flight two days later, and then he's on the court in time for France, U.S., which ended up being a loss for the U.S. men. But, you know, a couple weeks later, he's leaving with a gold medal uh, to put in the, you know, expanding trophy case. And, you know, talked to Draymond Green about, you know, Kevin Durant. And, you know, he said, listen, he's he's the best player in the world right now. So, you know, and he kind of led that American team to gold, you know, and after that loss to France, I don't think anyone would have been surprised if, you know, especially after their struggles in Vegas in their training camp, if they had just, you know, if they, if they had not come away with a gold medal this year and, and instead they still, they still ended up walking away with the big gold medal. I know I tried to, uh, Teresa, you know, watch it as much as possible with the time difference of where everything was replayed and then you get it on social media, but the ratings were down. What do you think? Is that the main contributor? Why, why do you think the ratings down just, or it was just kind of hard to, to view with, all the different channels and the different events going on. Well, Blaine, I think that's a big thing. I mean, uh, you know, the time change. I, I'm confused as all get out still, you know. And, you know, I, I had on my watch Nashville time, local time. So that helped me know, okay, I can try and call my husband or my son or, or you know, or no, this isn't the time to try to do it. Um, and that helped keep me straight. But, you know, if you're sitting back here, it's kind of tough to put yourself on Tokyo time uh, to know what's going on. And then, you know, it, it, you're 14 hours ahead of the central time zone over there. So uh, I, I can, you know, it certainly didn't seem to help. And, you know, in Rio, it was only an hour ahead of Eastern time zone. So, you know, it made it a lot easier for, you know, NBC to have events live and in prime time when people were able to watch. It's amazing how much that helps. And, you know, it's going to be very interesting because, you know, Beijing, you know, they're, it's going to be even, it's going to be a very similar situation with time difference. So, you know, it, it's challenging for, you know, it's it's very challenging for NBC, it seems like, when these uh, when the IOC keeps putting games in these countries that are so far away from the U.S., uh, you know, primetime zone, you know, and they're paying a big chunk of money. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't blame anybody. I mean, I had a hard time, and, 
you know, I think that's one reason why, you know, the U.S. women played every single game at 140 uh, until they got to the gold medal game, and that was at 11.30 a.m. local time. But I think it was like 9.30 central time p.m. Uh, back here. So, you know, it's just I was confused and I was trying to keep track of it. So I don't I can completely understand people who weren't able to pro- uh, follow that. Well, with AP and Hall of Fame writer Teresa Walker. That's right. Uh, Teresa, the Simone Biles thing, as you can imagine, took legs for a a number of different reasons back home and how it was covered and people, of course, losing their minds on social media on one side of the aisle or the other talking about mental health and how everything played out. So we're getting everything, you know, a filtered down version, you know, several hours later. And then we're seeing things in tape delay, as, as we've been talking about inside the bubble. What was that situation like, the coverage and the way it was handled and the way people were approaching it? Well, I'll say this, you know, when she, you know, pulled out and withdrew, everybody was like, you know, you couldn't not talk about it. I mean, it was the story of the games, you know, particularly in that first week to 10 days. And so it's like, wait, she, she, she pulled out or she's not going to do this event. Uh, you know, hey, she is going to do the balance beam. And so, yeah, I mean, I was really glad I got to be back in my hotel room the night she, you know, did the uh, the balance beam and to see her perform on that. And, you know, and, and I covered, you know, the National Gymnastics Championships were here in Nashville at Memorial Coliseum. I think it was 1994, and I covered that then. And, you know, I've covered some other gymnastic events over the years. I had never heard the term twisties before. And, you know, we all were busy learning about just how challenging it is. And think about it. You know, these, these gymnasts go flying through the air and twisting about. And, you know, I, I get vertigo sometimes, you know, if I'm not careful. You know, it, you get that gyroscope uh, just kind of bumfuzzled inside. Well, if you're a gymnast and that goes out of whack, you can seriously hurt yourself. You know, we're talking broken bones, broken necks, and things like that. So when she took herself out of the team competition, I, I know there's been an awful lot said about that, but, you know, by her pulling herself out that allowed her teammates to to win silver so you know if she had tried to go through that you know who knows it might have cost them even that so i know there's a lot of people with a lot of opinions on this i've been reading what the gymnasts say and they say that you know it is a serious thing is a dangerous thing uh you know and and just hope that it's something that you know something she can you know clear up because i i think she's gonna she's got a tour or is part of a tour taking place this fall uh, after, you know, that was scheduled for after the Olympics. And I hope everything goes well because, you know, that's the thing. When you see somebody fly through the air like that and and just dazzle us, we don't want to think about the tough side of it. And, you know, it's an absolutely real thing. And hopefully she can get back to a point where she can perform and, 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 and execute what she needs to do at the level she's accustomed. Teresa Walker, our guest. Now, Simone Biles is a great example of someone who went to the Olympics and they came home a star. And obviously, she's been a big star in our, you know, well, I mean, if you're a star on that stage, you're a star throughout the world. I'm always interested to see who leaves the games that maybe people didn't know beforehand. And then afterwards, people are talking about that person. And you know that person's going to be doing ads and things. To me, Sydney McLaughlin has a chance to be that breakout star. Charismatic, beautiful, great at what she does. You know, won gold medals. I, I, we watched a couple of her races, my family, and we were all like, this this young lady is going to be so famous after all this. 
Oh, absolutely. And let's not forget, and I'm going to butcher her name, this uh, Afing Mo or something. You know, she was she was so incredibly fast, and she won the 800 meters. And, you know, the thing that might draw, hold her back is, you know, we need to pronounce her with her name so that we don't butcher it. But, uh, you know, hey, U.S. women did an incredible performance. And, you know, yes, Cindy McLaughlin, uh, just outstanding. Shoot, Allison Felix, let's not forget about her. You know, the most decorated uh, American track and field athlete ever. So, uh, you know, the women put on quite a show over there. So, but, you know, you're you're right. The the one thing that that maybe goes against Sydney is the fact that she's a track athlete. And when do we pay attention to track and field in the United States? every four years when the Olympics happen. So, you know, the the fact that uh, Paris is three years away instead of four, maybe that helps Nikki. But, uh, you know, I am curious to see how some of the, you know, with the time delays, you know, does that gold medal cut through some of the issues of, you know, these games having been played in a, you know, a pandemic quarantine situation, time difference, uh, and, and, you know, whether that comes back now and can break through the noise of that is football season. Our buddy Teresa Walker of the Associated Press, fresh off her sixth Olympic Games, joins us on Blaine and Mickey. Yes, T. Now, I didn't know this was an Olympic deal, but what's there were some new sports, I guess, and some they got rid of. I guess kind of talk about that, but first I have to go into the dancing horses. Uh, what, That's our favorite. What, what, what was that? I, I saw that, and I was like, I didn't know that was part of the <laughs> Maybe I missed it before, but I'm sure there were some new and, and, and some that they didn't have before. But kind of take us through that timeline, and did you even know that there was uh, dancing horses part of the Olympics? Well, I did know about the dancing horses. Oh, okay. I will say that uh, in Rio, I covered the final day of equestrian individual uh-huh. show jumping, something I'd never done before. Uh, thankfully, that day in Rio, it was a six-man jump off for the gold. Made my job a little easier that day. Uh, but uh, you know, I do know that there was a sumo wrestler statue at the equestrian field that you know that uh, they ended up having to get rid of because it was literally scaring the horses. Uh, which I, you know, yeah. I'm sorry, that's just kind of bizarre. And apparently, some of the horses, you know, literally kind of stood up and said, "No, I'm not going to do that." You know, one ju- one didn't want to jump and. You know, there was a coach who got in trouble for punching a horse or hitting a horse, and yeah, I, I had an immediate that. flashback to Blazing Saddles. Yes, um, So, you know, three-on-three uh, three was one of the new sports, skateboarding, you know, climbing, you know, for anyone who's gone to a rock wall or a fake Ooh. rock wall and done some climbing, those were some of those new sports. Uh, softball and baseball were back. Um, when I flew over to, to, to Tokyo, I was actually on the flight with the U.S baseball team and the Dominican Republic's baseball team and that ended up being the silver and bronze medal winners in baseball so I'm just saying I'm good luck uh, you know but uh, it, it, the thing that's going to be interesting though is is we get ready for Paris you know the IOC you know made a move they're going to have a little bit more control over you know what sports are in what sports are out I'm very curious to see you know what is in and what is out uh, for 2024. Yeah, did they move some sports also to like winter uh, Olympics or I, I was trying to remember because it seemed like they had moved some of the sports. I, I didn't know if that was true or not. That I have to admit, I'm not sure. I'll have to double check on that blame because, you know, let's put it this way. I'm still trying to figure out what time of the day it is right now. Uh, as I try to pile through some of the, I tried to keep up with all the Titan stuff while I was gone, but, oh, uh, you know, it, 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 let's just put it this way. I'm still playing catch up. <laughs> you still play catch up. Well, uh, you didn't. You didn't miss. Well, Julio Jones wasn't on the field for the Titans. Uh, yeah. Very much at, at all. I don't think anything's changed. Besides, you know, uh, the defense has looked really good. 
for what it's worth, uh, Tannehill's throwed some picks. I think he's at six or seven now throughout the camp, if you want to keep track of that. Uh, and uh, some of the young players are continually to getting better, slowly but surely, understanding the NFL game. So, in a nutshell, that's it. Oh, Derrick Henry hasn't, you know, he's done everything on the side. He's been a great coach. Well, Derrick Henry, that is not a surprise. <laughs> and I'll say this about Julio Jones. You know, as long as he's ready and yes. working consistently the two weeks after the last preseason game before the opener against Arizona, that's what I'll be keeping a close eye on because he's been in the league 10 years. I think he knows what he's doing. Yeah, no doubt about it. I don't think he practiced too much the last couple of years anyway uh, with the Fox. I'm not too much worried about that. But I was just trying to say you didn't miss very much. We are with T, Teresa Walker, the legend, AP and Hall of Fame writer. Now, Teresa, you did miss this. Matt Barkley moved to town while you were away. <laughs> so there's a, there's a new hey, – hey, Logan Woodside is like Twinkies surviving the nuclear war. That dude just keeps on surviving. And he's survived – Deshaun Kaiser. They, when a backup – Yeah, be wiser, cut Kaiser. They did. And so now Matt Barkley is here, so you can get to know him. He seems like a very pleasant young man. Well, here's the thing that I'll say about Logan Woodside. They made it very clear last year that, you know, they think he knows this offense very, very well. And that gives the coach confidence. And, you know, it, it, you know, you don't, you never want to have to go to the backup quarterback, right. but you at least want to know that he knows what to do when he's in there. So, you know, whoever, you know, Matt Barkley's going to have to show that he can, you know, beat Logan Woodside with his, you know, physical ability and ability to pick up this offense quickly. Because guess what? Logan Woodside, you know, the longer he's here, the longer he's familiar with everybody inside the building and that offense, and that's going to be a tough combination to beat. Well, and on the defensive side, again, Teresa Walker, our guest, we're just we're giving her some, you know, inside information here, get her up to date since she's been in, uh, in Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and I'm sure you've been reading this and seeing this every day. The defense, which was always the question mark last year, they have ruled the day. They have played lights out, even with all the new faces. And uh, Shane Bowen's not coaching a you know position group anymore. But Teresa, that may be the first thing you notice when you get to get back out there and see practices. Like, hey man, I got to learn about all these guys, but they are playing lights out right now. Well, here's the thing, and I know that was the big question mark about this team. It's like, oh, the defense was bad last year. We, don't we think that the Titans heard all this talk? <laughs> and you know, notice the fact that they changed out a whole bunch of guys got rid of some guys and brought in a whole bunch of new guys. And, you know, I, all those guys know, all the new guys understand that, you know, this team wasn't good on defense last year. And the guys who were still here, you know, Kevin Byard, Harold Landry, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, Jayon Brown, Rashawn Evans, they heard all that stuff last year too. And they're guys who were on a good defense the year before in 2019. So I can only imagine that they've got a little bug up their ear you know, trying, you know, bug on, you know, burr under the saddle, whatever you want to call it, wanting to show that they can be a good defense. And, you know, hey, early in training camp, defense usually has the edge anyway, right? That's right. I was wondering where you were about to put that bug up where, uh, but you got it under the saddle eventually. So there you go. Exactly. The bug up the ear. Yes, I got you. Teresa, hey, we, uh, we enjoyed reading your coverage. We always love reading about, you know, your Grizzlies coverage, your Titans and everything else. But uh, it's always fun when you go to the Olympics because we feel like we go there vicariously. I did love this, and I always say you have the best food tweets of anybody. You posted a beautiful picture of eggs and bacon and pancakes when you got back home. I knew you would have something great oh. when, you, when you hit the American soil again. She missed food. 
Let's just say this. Uh, food was challenging over there. I had the very same item for breakfast for nearly three weeks. Ooh. It was, you know, it was a good breakfast. It's just it was the same thing for three weeks. I needed something, something once I got home. I've been dreaming of those pecan pancakes, I'll just say. He said something, something. I know. You earned them, T. <laughs> hey, we look forward to seeing you out at practice again soon. Yeah, get you some rest. Appreciate Thanks, it, ma'am. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. All right, the Hall of Famer, Teresa Walker. Love having her on again. Her sixth. Lucas said how many, and we were trying to edit up six Olympics and about to find out if she will get her seventh because guess what? We're just a few months away from the Winter Olympics the way this is all timed out. And it's and if you listen to the show, you know that makes me happy because nothing makes me happier than the world competing in all sorts of, of known and obscure sports. When we come back, I said something on Twitter today that made Lucas so mad at me that he no longer is my friend, I don't think. What? Yes. I said something so controversial do, There's no on way you could do something it like that. It changes the way he felt about me. I'll share it when we come back. People don't like me anymore. Oh. That's next. Oh, I follow you too. I didn't see that. Yeah. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Thanks for hanging out with us. You can hang out with us on Zone TV if you would like. You can join the chat as always there. You can tweet us at Blaine and Mickey. We'd love to have you follow us on Twitter, interact with us there. Blaine's been asking me to put this question up, and I need to do it. You could have dinner with any Titan. Which one would you choose? Oh. We need to put that up because I've really been thinking, like, who would I pick? Honestly, I think I'd pick Bud Dupree right now. Oh, because you feel like you don't know him as well. I don't know him that well. I, I'd like to have dinner with Bud Dupree. And he's he's a fascinating interview. You know, he's a guy who he came from Kentucky. I'd love to hear about his experience there. I would love to hear about his experience in Pittsburgh. Then he plays his way into a big contract. You know, gets gets that money, that, that second contract that everybody's trying to play for. And here's the thing. They really need him. He really needs to be a, a fantastic player for them this year. Because I've been thinking about it. I thought, I said, I'd probably pick Bud Dupree. It's probably who I'd pick. You have dinner with any Titan? And so some ladies might be like, this guy's cute. I'm picking him. I mean, you can pick anybody for whatever reason. But I like. I would just like to have dinner and chew it up with uh, Bud Dupree a little bit. Mm, yeah, that, that's an interesting one. Yeah, there. You know, uh, man, <laughs> I would probably want a handful of guys so they all could split the bill. <laughs> and I could really get to learn about, like, you know, five guys. So, you know, you could – Lawan actually is one of them because I think he would be entertaining and funny all at the same time. But yeah, you know, you get to learn a little bit more about about him and who he is. Uh, you know, maybe some of the young players. Uh, you know that you know you just seem like you don't know yet. So we could pick one of those if you want. You know, one Kendall of Lamb. Who I'd go with Kendall Lamb, the tackle. He's not a young player. He's been in the league. Every, but just to eat dinner with. Every time well, he well, speaks. Well, that's because he's a great interview. Oh, it's fantastic. you'll be a great interview. person to sit down with and have a conversation with and to get to know somebody. See, that's why what people don't understand, some guys are better at selling themselves. That means that that guy who's kind of muted is not a better guy to sit down outside of media and say, let's have a general conversation. Yep. See, totally different because – you have to have this uh, way about you when you're interviewing with the media. You're guarded. And and when I say guarded is, you're never going to let any of the, the dirty laundry outside of the locker room. So you have to answer everything. Kobe said, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, 
you know, Vrabel's a great coach, and he does all these just no different than somehow the assistant coaches answer things, right? right? What are you supposed to say? Throw the guy under the bus that <laughs> he called the call and he made a bad call in the game, and he really is all up my butt every day. He really gets <laughs> on my nerves. So, I mean, but seriously, so nobody's going to do that. In a, I wish in a somebody sit down would say meeting, he's up my butt every single day. Yeah, right. <laughs> in a sit-down meeting, you may be like, hey, man, he, he's tough, but I can appreciate you know, how tough he is on us. Right. See, that is an inkling to, uh-oh, he's tough, and tough maybe on you because of a certain reason. And that could be a good thing, as I said about Tart last year, about if he's tough on you, then he sees something in you that you don't even know you have. Uh, so, uh, you know, so just because somebody's, uh, you know, <laughs> great with uh, interview and answer questions, is that all they got? That's their A game. Right. That's all they may have. The guy like who never says anything, even like Derrick Henry, you be, oh, we love Derrick Henry. Well, Derrick Henry's not, he's not giving you anything in the interview. He had nothing. But you never hear anybody say, oh, Derrick Henry's not a good interview. He's not a good interview. Where'd you go, Lucas? You disappeared. I can't even see you now. He's punching. Oh, he's on the phone. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, no, he's supposed to be able to do five things at one time, 100%. so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I like to I like to get to know like the linemen. Like offense and defensive linemen, like man, you know those are big human beings. But if you get to really know them, they're like soft teddy bears, and you would never envision them that way. Right. Uh, when you get to know some of those guys, it's it's, it's kind of really cool. Uh, sometimes they're some of the the brightest guys uh, on the team too. So yeah, I, I'd like to sit down. Yeah, that way they can just split the bill, and I, I walk away with. Uh, they can even, you know, cover the tip. Well, sure, absolutely. Uh, Tower <laughs> says on the uh, chat here, Taylor Lewan is who I'd like to have dinner with yeah. um, via Zone TV. You can weigh in there. Here's the thing I said that made everybody mad at me. It's the most controversial thing that I've, I've apparently ever, ever said. said on, you tweeted yes, this out. Yes. I've oh, no. 10 years on Twitter. You're plus. in trouble. Rex Chapman, former UT basketball player. Oh, yeah. Ve- very Sexy active Rexy. on Twitter. Very active yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. He's got the block in charge. I love it. It's hilarious to me. Is that what you went after him on? Nope. Oh, okay. He said, tweet out your most controversial food take. And I said, I think watermelon tastes like wet dirt. <laughs> and I have been getting killed now for two hours. Wet hour- dirt? Killed. People, it, Lucas, Mickey, no, in all caps. Oh, and he followed Mickey. it up again. A guy named Casey. These are literally the people you hang out with, Lucas. You need to surround yourself with people of higher character. And he said, Mickey <laughs> Ryan has the highest of character, but I'm shocked and appalled by this. You know what? Wet dirt? It's awful to me. It is what? When I, people are like, you? oh, I, I am really shocked here, Mickey. I, I think I'm going to be on the side of Lucas. I would have never thought I'd ever say that. <laughs> and so, so people are like, you don't eat the outside. I know that ding dong. <laughs> somebody else. I knew some Jack A would say this. <laughs> Hey, you you uh uh, oh, uh you know what dirt one. tastes like? No, you jack a. Eh? I'm it's just a figure of speech. Uh, well, I I do. Yeah, I've ate, I've I've eaten a cup, you know, you know. I mean, we've all face planted in a baseball or game. Half a spoon of dirt. Well, I've <laughs> never had to be a spoon, but you know, I face planted. Well, I mean, I measured it, but no, I did not take a spoon <laughs> of it. No, no. But I mean, sliding in baseball. Yes. To you on a dirt field in football. You get the dirt sometimes. Yeah, so you go get some dirt, and then you guess what? Here's where everybody's had some dirt. Even you, Lucas, and all the countries that you've lived in. Soccer. Yeah, right. No, you've oh. dropped something on the ground, and you go, nope, I'm picking this up, and I'm eating it. Oh, this is like, Yeah, you know, they used to say this where God made dirt, dirt don't hurt. You know, hey, whoop, boom, gone. I got a six-year-old. We eat everything off the I ground. I know I picked up a gummy bear before. <laughs> 
That's it a done that. Right yeah, there. and it probably was a CBD gummy bear. <laughs> hey, man, I ain't losing this. I feel better. I ain't losing this thing. So, hey, man, we've all had a taste of dirt. But I can't say that, that the watermelon tastes like dirt, man. I'm, a, I'm on the other side of this one, man. Dirt is dry. A watermelon's wet and it's juicy. Wet dirt. Yeah, if somebody That's just heard on the radio. They said, "What is Blake talking about? Wet and juicy?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it tastes really good. Uh, it's got this sugary, uh, you know, make you want to go back. Right. Harry Styles. Oh man, I can't believe you don't like watermelon. No, I mean it's not like my number one on the list, but you know. I definitely uh, hey, like, enjoy some uh, watermelon every now and then. Some other knucklehead, like, you haven't heard the right watermelon. I've had all of it. <laughs> I grew up in northeast Arkansas. They grow watermelons all around there. You don't like watermelon. No. My, we, we grew them in the you garden You can say sometimes. you don't like, yeah, I don't like the seeds. And or something. No, you just don't like it. It tastes like So how can something be so wet, but you think it tastes so dry? It tastes like, like dirt. Wet, no, wet dirt. That's what I said. Oh, wet, wet dirt, which dirt is, is essentially mud. It's nasty. That's what it tastes like. Oh, I've never had no wet dirt now. Insanity to me. It's insanity to me. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you would. Or do, did you go extreme or this is really how you felt like? No. Wet dirt. No, that's exactly what I've always said. Tastes like wet dirt. And I've had watermelons right out of the field. I can tell you're not lying. My dad has come home with them from work. Like, hey, you know, one of my constituents brought me this watermelon from Cave City today. Like, some of the best watermelons in the world. I'm like, hey, you're on your own, Dad. None for me. I could eat, like, three entire watermelons in one sitting. I could just keep eating it. I haven't had yeah. I haven't had the equivalent of a cup full of watermelon probably in the last 20 years of my life. I had watermelon today. <laughs> now, now, naturally, you know, I eat fruit. We're daily so i have it all cut up and sliced up in a in a tupperware dish so nope. watermelon is in there no yeah yeah well I, I can't believe it so that leads us down the road of what fruit do you hate the most because we already know mickey hates watermelon is something top that list oh uh, mike has weighed in on this on on the on the zone tv chat so here's what you can you can hit us there you can tweet us at blaney mickey you can call 615-737-1045 What's your most controversial food take, even? You can hit us with that. Oh, okay. Because apparently hating watermelon is super controversial. That is, Mickey. And we'll be right back. <laughs>